We are getting dangerous this week. It's all about the dangerous lovers. Welcome. This is the Fright Club Podcast. I'm Hope Madden. And I'm George Wolf, and we're from MadWolf.com, where you can get all the reviews of all the latest movies. Very quickly, two big ones out this week. Ghostbusters, we both liked it. And in the horror genre, The The Wailing, Wailing, which is awesome. I know a lot of people love the uh, two and a half hour Asian horror as much as I do, um, but it's really super worth it. It's it's weird and creepy and awesome. That's a good one. And by the way, if you didn't know, as if we didn't have enough to do, we took on, we do a second podcast every week now called the Screening Room Podcast, where we just talk about the new movies, whatever they are. So we break it down in more detail if you want to check that out it's at the screening room podcast.com or you can always find it on our uh, facebook page madwolfcolumbus.com so that's enough that's enough shameless plugging i Is think it? at least for a little while <laughs> well we'll do more later <laughs> but uh, we want to do some thanks for last week we had a lot of fun talking about the evil children we did and the, the brood was the big winner like, I wish I didn't fully expect. It's but that Oliver Reed factor. Is it the is that what it is? Crazy and perverse, as yeah. we talked about last week. Yeah. That's the one, like, so many people, uh, I think Kevin said he had not seen it before. And uh, I think Mike said it was going to haunt his dreams, the puffy-coated children. Right? <laughs> and then, who is it? King of Gong style. Not commented before. Welcome, also, King of Gong That's style. right, Welcome. And we really love, A, your handle, and B, your taste in films. We do. We love that. So, uh, And we want to, that, that was last week, and this week it's, it's Dangerous Lovers. We want to give a quick plug. We're very excited about the next edition of Fright Club Live, which is going to be on August the 10th, Wednesday. And right we're thinking back. seriously of having merit badges. If you come... You know what, though? I... I I, I feel bad because I didn't even mention that we are doing this podcast live from the Gateway Film Center. What? We're live as we are once a month. It's Fright Club Live. So I, I apologize for not mentioning that, but we are live in front of that great Gateway audience. And that's, that's what we, we're going to be back here in a month. It's August the 10th, and the theme is going to be... See the original, not the remake. That's the theme. That's the theme. See the original, not the remake. And this one, we got this great idea... It's going to be a tough movie to watch, so we are going to make up some merit badges. If you can make it all the way through Martyrs on the big screen, you're going to you get can a, do it. You're going to get a you can Fright do it, Brandon. Club Brandon Martyrs can do it. merit badge. That's because right. Because this is going to separate the, uh, the women from the girls. I was going to say <laughs> men from the boys, but that's sexist. So... Who can stick it out? So anyway, we were just very excited about that, so we wanted to give that a plug right away. But, but we know you guys, you made it through The Woman, and and you also made it through Inside. Inside. So you, you've toughened yourself up. Yeah. I bet you could maybe watch Martyrs. Yeah, the, we could have had merit badges for those. But Although just... I'm not going to post that flyer at work. That's not going up. <laughs> just... <laughs> so that's looking ahead a month. But we've got good stuff. We're a, a little lighter, a little lighter uh, theme this month. We're doing Sightseers tonight. Ben Wheatley. Horror comedy, dark, but a lot of fun. And yeah, is- a British horror comedy, they do them better than anybody. They're just really dry and funny and silly and outstanding. And this is, uh, I, I like this better. I think the probably the all-time most famous British horror comedy is Shaun of the Dead. I like Sightseers better. I think right. it's funnier. And this is the first time it has screened in Columbus. Nice. So we're in for a treat. So you know that's going to be on our countdown here somewhere, but it's not at number five because we're going to start out our countdown of Dangerous Lovers with a movie we've talked about a lot here the last few weeks, but that's good because I think it kind of slips through the cracks sometimes, and that is the musical Sweeney Todd. Fifteen years dreaming, I might come home to a wife and child. Benjamin Barker. No Barker. Sweeney Todd now. I will have vengeance. I will. 
doubt have changed. How about a shave? At last, my arm is complete again. All right, if you're an experienced Fright Clubber, you know I've proclaimed my love for the musical theater. I love the musicals. I love Stephen Sondheim. And this is perfect for us because it brings... Because I don't, in a really big way. That <laughs> is not is, my bag. This is perfect but this... this is a great combination of that music and an incredible visual style of Tim Burton. Right. And as I've said before, uh, Johnny Depp, Dreamboat, right? I didn't ever fully appreciate his dreaminess until he held that razor up. And then I was like, yeah, all right. I can get behind this. Yeah, they're definitely dangerous lovers. And one of the things that Tim Burton did with this is he actually made it he made it darker he made it bloodier of course he had to take out some songs from the uh, stage play but he he really made it even darker and bloodier and brought out that really sinister side of it and the core story is actually even older than Dracula which oh, we yeah. mentioned um, not too long ago it's from the Penny Dreadfuls it's an incredibly old story and if you're not familiar with it Sweeney Todd is a uh, is a homicidal barber who happens to live upstairs from a woman who's running out of meat for her meat pies so they just make a really efficient pair you know they just take care of business and and truth be told they're the only they're the only pair on the countdown that that aren't that aren't legitimately lovers but as you can see from the dream sequence She's pretty moony over him, and so we just wanted to go ahead. I mean, they, they act as a couple. That you know, I mean, they're efficient. They take care of stuff. They get their bills paid together. So I just wanted to include them here. Yeah, and for anybody that hadn't heard when we talked about this before, uh, both Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter had to audition for the notoriously tough Stephen Sondheim to kind of get his his permission, so to speak, uh, which they got. And this is the first time that Johnny Depp really sang, since Cry Baby was, he didn't do the singing. Right. Uh, the first time that he really sang for a, for a film, and he's, he's fine. He does a great and job. these are tough songs. And, and, and she, she does an equally a good job, too. And, of course, Alan Rickman is fantastic. Yeah, he is great. Uh, Sacha Baron Cohen mm-hmm. is in it as well. The, uh, Timothy Spall. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. effortlessly villainous Timothy Spall. Exactly. So, But uh, for our purposes, for this week's purposes, it centers around that uh, pair of dangerous lovers. And, uh, yeah, boy, once those blades come out, he's dangerous. He is. He's dangerous. <laughs> I don't think you're scared at all. <laughs> And that's number five, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street, 2007, is the year for that on our list of dangerous lovers. And, oh, I like this one. Yeah, this is for you, George. One of the few where I like it and she doesn't. And this is number four from 1987, Hellraiser. Hellraiser. Beyond any terror you have imagined. A nightmare. Unlike anything you have witnessed, is born. Because within these walls, the unholy is unleashed. Hellraiser, a film by Clive Barker. We'll tear your soul apart. That's Julia and Uncle Frank from Hellraiser. And, of course, really the reason to love Hellraiser is the Cenobites, clearly. Um, Pinhead is wildly so what, awesome. So what's your beef? Um, no, but but these two are great. I think that uh, Claire Hughes, who plays Julia, is is easily the most talented person in this film. And I think that she's, she's wicked and horrible and also sort of weirdly turned on by this ritual. And she's got to bring blood to the 
I don't even know if it's a corpse, the remains of her lover, Frank, her brother-in-law, yeah. Frank. Yeah. And, uh, and so she lures men to this dilapidated building, and then Frank comes out of the floorboards and sops them up. Um, it's beautiful. And you know it must be true love because you got to look at Frank and yeesh, yeah, that's more, a homely boyfriend. The more blood uh, that she spills, the more he comes back. Yeah. And of course, it all uh, sprang to life from opening the box that's right. and bringing the Cenobites out. And uh, as they said, they'll tear your soul apart. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I was really surprised that, that you don't like this as much as I do. I mean, yeah, you watch it now and the production values are pretty weak. I mean, the, the effects are pretty weak, but they had a very limited budget. It's Clive Barker. It's Clive Barker's first uh, directing effort, mm-hmm. and uh, for what he had to work with, uh, I thought it's, it's still today is, is is pretty sweet. And it did some things at the time, you know, 1987, um, following the the teen slashers, the rise of those types of movies. You saw number one. I know you don't like the teenage girl in this, uh, but well, she's no Heather Langenkamp <laughs> or a uh, PJ Soul. <laughs> we won't bore you with that, but uh, uh, she does think it's more of a you know, a thinking character, at least the character, no matter what you think of the performance, the character actually is plotting and trying to make intelligent moves. In between screeches. Yeah, to outsmart the Cenobites and does a good job of it. And not only that, but you brought up the the uh, sexual per- perversion angle. Because you're right, she is weirdly turned on she by is, this. Yeah. And yeah, that gave weird. it the, the whole slasher type uh, film, uh, horror film of this era, I think a whole new... More, more of an adult theme. Hmm. And well, I do love the Cenobites. Oh, I mean, great. I love them all. all I, I think they're awesome. And I love, um, you know, the concept. I just, yeah, the execution. There are too many of the characters who just I find wildly irritating to really love the movie in the way you do. You but, know, and, and it ended up working for the movie that uh, Doug Bradley, the, the lead Cenobite, who, who was originally referred to as the priest, but he just ended up getting, pinhead, getting called Pinhead. Yeah. He wasn't originally supposed to be the only one that spoke, but the the makeup of the other ones made it almost impossible for yeah. the actors to speak. But it, I think it works because he is so you know his voice. Com- uh, the one that goes. Oh, that one, yeah. It's hard to talk when you're doing that. Chopper or whatever it is, yeah. But I think it works that uh, he's he's got a very uh, commanding voice, he does, and then yeah. with that that whole pinhead getup, um, I thought was pretty 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 um, you know commanding of a horror movie icon and it certainly has has uh stayed the stayed the test of time he's still when you see pinhead everybody and it's a horror fan is going to identify with that right away but one of the great things about the movie is that it's got villains and villains right mm-hmm. so so basically you you're choosing which team you're on you know team cenobites from hell who want to tear your soul apart or creepy bloody stump lovers um <laughs> is that a band i love them they early work but uh, yeah, but dangerous lovers and and uh, she's really the dangerous one because she does the killing. Yeah, well, he's hoping to become dangerous again, but right, right now he's just you know pulp. Exactly. So that's uh, Hellraiser at number four from 1987, The Dangerous Lovers, and at number three, the one we're going to see here in just a little bit, uh, Ben Wheatley's horror comedy, A Holiday Gone Dark at Sightseers. Yeah, good girl. Are you are going to pick that up. I didn't do that. If you don't pick up this excrement immediately, then I'm going to have to inform the National Trust. Report that to the National Trust, mate. Never thought about murdering innocent people before. 
It's not a person, Tina. He's a Daily Mail reader. Lisa pursuing a ginger-faced man and an angry woman. Have you had a nice holiday? Yeah, had a brilliant holiday. <laughs> Fuck you! Death wears a ginger beard. Uh, that was the tagline for this movie. That's the best. It's right, so I'm looking at you right there. That's right. <laughs> Freddie, look out! And, and it had me because I, I have to admit, I'm probably the guy that gets killed because I'm the guy that <laughs> is always telling people to clean up their dog's poop. So he's going to hit me with a shovel and it's over. But... Uh, yeah, this is it's it's really funny and and it's dark. You know, it's got that Edgar Wright is involved, so you think Shaun of the Dead, sure. but I think this is uh, this is darker than Shaun of the Dead. It's drier, certainly. I mean, yeah. it's less, but it's it's still very silly, and it takes the idea of, you know, you know your Badlands or Natural Born Killers or Bunny and Clyde, you know, and just sucks all the glamour out of it and makes it the the lamest, most boring human beings in the whole world. But I think it's very clever because, in a way, that's what he's pissed off about. Like, that's really what's fueling it. It's not sadistic boredom. <laughs> it's just like everybody thinks they're too good for him and he's going to straighten that out. Right, and I think it's also a comment on just English, the English way of life. Yeah. As, as the, the English way, as Pink Floyd would say. Yeah, we don't want to say too much about it because i know there's some people that haven't seen it but uh yeah it's just it's just wonderful like that it's yeah. it's so dry and 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 funny and and dark and there's some kills there's some killing going yeah, on yeah people die i'm not gonna lie to you people die <laughs> but um <laughs> but it's worth it and just you know we're not gonna say anything else about it but i love the opening scene in this movie so much i remember at the time like you'll be going what is that exactly and it just turned it's just it's brilliant so let me know if you disagree and I'll just smack you. So that's that's number three, Sightseers from 2012. We're going to see here in just a little bit. And number two, back to 1983 in The Dangerous Vampire Lovers from The Hunger. What have you done to me? Forever. And ever. And life signs terminate right here. The timeless beauty of Catherine Deneuve. The cruel elegance of David Bowie. The open sensuality of Susan Sarandon. Combined to create a modern classic of perverse fear. The Hunger. Don't you love that trailer? <laughs> the, the open sensuality of... That's code word for there's going to be girl-on-girl girl action. That's what they're trying to get across. I just love the adjectives, too, that they throw, because it's not like they're quotes. It's not like they're, they've got you know somebody's name attached to right. it. These are just the words we want you to think. Perverse, riveting, right. sensual. But still, uh, that aside, I mean, the trailer's kind of funny, but no, it's still, it still holds up. It's, uh, Susan Sarandon's hairstyle does not hold up at all. <laughs> but... Um, and as far as the dangerous lovers go, Miriam is the dangerous one because as long as she's, is, you know, holds you in favor, you're fine. But then when it's time to go, uh, you're gone. I don't know. Bowie, he, Bowie kills some people. He does. But I mean, yeah. she's got a long list of, you know, bodies in the basement, so yeah, to speak. She does. And they've got to know. I think he does know that his his clock is ticking, even though it's been ticking for hundreds of years, uh, that that's going to eventually be his end. But but the he, point, the reason that they're on this is that t- together they would go to clubs, nightclubs, mm-hmm. and they would bring home new waivers who like to listen to Bauhaus, and then they would kill them. Um, and it was cool. It was, uh, when I saw this movie the first time, I was, of course, David Bowie, there's not really that much he could do that wouldn't have been super fine by oh, me. Oh, exactly. Even though he's not in it very long. No, but he's awesome in it. He is awesome in it. And it, it, it sets up the whole narrative of, you know what's coming for, 
for Susan Sarandon. Right, uh, and so then they would have gone on to be dangerous lovers. Yeah. Susan Sarandon is too wily for Catherine Deneuve. Well, the funny thing is, uh, you know, Susan Sarandon wasn't really uh, wild about the way they, they changed the ending uh, to allow for sequels. Originally, sequels were planned for this because the guy that wrote the source novel actually wrote two more books, but no sequel has ever come about, and they the studio insisted on changing the ending so she would live so uh, to allow for that but it's never come about which is kind of you would it didn't think, make any money when it came out the movie didn't make any money when it was released but it's almost it's almost surprising that someone to this day hasn't picked it up and That's tried true. to make one make one about it but uh we could we could let us do that that's be a little fright club project <laughs> we could do that get all liquored up and go out and make a movie <laughs> Uh, and he saw in the trailer Willem Dafoe in the phone booth there. Was that his his debut? Because he I, you was know, I think it was. Next to nobody at that time. And this is directed by Tony Scott. Right. But originally Ridley Scott, I think, was attached to this. And for some reason, I think, legend has it, he wasn't wild about the fact that David Bowie uh, was cast in it, which I can't Sacrilege. Really understand. Sacrilege. Yeah. But, but let's be honest, it would have been a better movie if Ridley Scott had directed it. <laughs> probably so. Probably so. But uh, it has a... It just has a bit of a, a just a cool sheen to it. I mean, Catherine Deneuve and and, uh, and David Bowie just make a couple of cool vampires. Yeah, they totally do. They really do. Yeah, they definitely do. Um, probably the coolest until we saw Tilda Swinton and uh, Tom Hiddleston yeah. a few years ago in Only Lovers Left Alive, which was so awesome. So that's uh, that's our pair, um, Miriam Blaylock and John Blaylock from The Hunger. Fear her. Pray for her. Perverse. <laughs> from 1983. And number one on our list of dangerous lovers. This is a... A pair that's a story that's been told a few times, but never better than just a couple of years ago. Hallelujah. Now, this story is loosely based on the Lonely Hearts killers. Uh, they allegedly killed. 20 women between 1947 and 1949, which has come to the big screen in various forms in, I think, multiple movies. Yes, uh, yeah, there have been at least two others, the one with uh, with uh, Jared Leto and um, Selma Hayek, so a much better-looking set of <laughs> Dangerous Lovers, but a, a far inferior film. Yeah, and this one you may recognize, uh, Laurent Lucas, yeah. is that how you pronounce his yes. name? From our favorite Colvert. Right, so it's directed by Fabrice Duelt, who is the Belgian director who directed Calvert. And if you know this podcast at all, you know that we we absolutely adore that film. And um, it's part of a trilogy that he's making, basically about uh, unhinged loneliness and passion. Um, and uh, in this in, in this case, Lola Duenas plays Gloria, um, who is meant to be one of the marks and then just sort of weasels her way in on board and and then things go wildly wrong after that and it's just to watch the two of them together and the way their relationship evolves is just perversely fascinating yeah uh because part of the plan is if she's going to be involved she has to let him you know seduce these women and and marry them and and take their what they have their fortunes or or what he can of it and she gets so jealous she won't allow that and just starts uh messing with the plan by killing them and then he starts to think he starts you can tell his wheels are turning he has to get out of this somehow 
you know. And but at the same time, I mean, one of the things that it does well is it keeps you guessing because you're not sure. Because I'm not, I don't think he's sure if he did, if he does, wants out of it or doesn't want out of it. And one of the things I like about it too is the way it's filmed. They, um, you know, in in the movie Colvert, uh, the way it was shot was to make Laurent Lucas seem sweet looking delicate looking but in this one he's all angles that it's shot to be very unflattering and even more on Lola Duenas just she's just all creases and and bags and things and I I think that's really interesting the way because it is it's about as opposed to the one with let's say Salma Hayek it's about preying on these lonely people and it's it's really the whole thing is kind of a a rumination on madness and loneliness and so but it works really well that that kind of like sightseers that he just drains all the glamour out of the story of of seduction and sex and death, which is, I think, just fascinating. And I think her performance is is very good to allow the her character arc that goes from you know she is lonely. They they set her up with a date for him at the beginning, and she's you know she's shy about it, but she's so lonely, and she just you know grabs onto him, thinks he's just her dream come true, and uh, and then is just so mad with, like you say, with uh, either loneliness or passion or whatever that she think she can handle this situation well she does she leaves her daughter with yeah. a babysitter yeah. and then just never comes back um yeah she yeah she goes completely uh off it's a great it's a great performance both of them are they're both great performances yeah. and, and it's a, just an unsettling film and a very ambiguous vague ending one that you also need to stay all the way through for uh there's a little extra going on that can leave you questions about what right. What is real? Is it is it real? Is is it not? And whose perspective? And is then it? also, if you if you're familiar with Colbert, if you like Colbert, there are a lot of little little reminders of that movie, sort of placed like Easter eggs throughout this movie, which is, I mean, fun is like the wrong word, yeah. but I yeah, thought I it was fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely, definitely a dangerous pair of lovers from uh, 2014, Alleluia, and that's number one on our list. And we're getting ready to see Sightseers here in just a few minutes. But uh, next week, the podcast, we're gonna. Kind of take a 180 and look at military horror. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. I'll yep. be, I'm already interested in what you're going to come up with mm-hmm. for that one. And then, as we said, back here, August the 10th, the next edition of Fright Club Live. And it's going to be extra special because you can earn your Fright Club Martyrs Merit Badge if you can make it all the way through. This, that's, yes. And we're, we might not mock you if you leave. No, it's a tough one. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a tough one. No doubt about it. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to that. And we'll get the movie rolling here in just a couple of minutes. This podcast will be ready probably Monday. You can find it at madwolf.com as always. And uh, also as always, keep the conversation going with us. As a lot of you do, uh, Colossal Bandits here back in the house. Thank Yay! you. Uh, on Twitter, we're at madwolf, <laughs> M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, uh, Madwolf Columbus on Facebook. And also for all the movies, all the new movies, again, we've got the brand new podcast, the screeningroompodcast.com. So all that is out there. Please hit us up. And uh, as we said, next month, we're going to have fun with martyrs. We're going to see sightseers here in just a few minutes. Until then, I'm Hope Madden. I'm George Wolf. This is the Fright Club Podcast. <laughs> might have been the best one ever. That was great. Hey, thank you guys. Enjoy the movie. Thank you so much.